Kaboosh.net. We're on the internet. It's time. Kaboosh. Hello, dear Kaboosh person, and thank you for tuning in again to the Kaboosh podcast. This week I bumped into an old friend. <laughs> Say old friend, more like old fart. Piers Morgan. Mr. Piers Morgan to you. Yes, Mr. Britain's Got Talent himself granted me an audience, and you can hear me in conversation with him shooting the breeze in just a moment. And after that on the show today, we've also got Sir Ian Forshew. Now, Sir Ian runs a festival you may have heard of called Beach Break Live. Ring any bells? Thought it would. And Caboosh and Beach Break Live are running a fantastic competition if you're a student band. So stay listening. Anyway, to kick off, here's my interview with the great old fart himself, Piers Morgan. I began by asking him if he'd ever been scared. Uh, the only time I've ever been physically scared was when I interviewed Mike Tyson backstage at an MC Hammer rap concert in New York. And to say the atmosphere was intimidating is to understate things enormously. And Tyson, I went to talk to him about his habit fancying pigeons, and he slightly misheard me. And I think he thought that I was suggesting he had some sort of beyond the sort of keeping them. And at that point, <laughs> things took a bit of a downturn. And I actually thought I'm going to get killed by Mike Tyson. And then I thought, what a way to go. I was keen to know where Piers likes to go on holiday, so I asked him. This is what he said. I like to go onto faraway beaches and literally not move for a week and read biographies of the rich and famous and successful, desperately hoping that some of their magic will wear off. It seems to be working so far. <laughs> yeah, I just finished, I just came back from one holiday and I read Michael Palin's diaries of Hollywood, which were brilliant, and the new biography of Marilyn Monroe, which was absolutely fascinating. Confirmed my view that every famous person who has a damaged upbringing when they're young tends to be damaged themselves in later life. All of them, whether it's Dinah, Marilyn, any of them, Elvis, you can always chart it back to their first 10 years. Yes, it says something about fame, doesn't it? That those who seek it tend to have that sort of personality flaw in the first place. Well, fame can be very addictive, and a lot of people who are addictive by nature get drawn to flame like a like a bee to a honeypot. And the, tr the trouble with that is that if you're not from a stable background, then like anything that's addictive, it starts to be very corrupting to your life. And I see it a lot. I see lots of people that I know well who become very famous, and they just basically all go a little bit crackers. Hmm, I wondered whether there was anything good about being famous. Oh, yeah, listen, it's, the good stuff, stuff is brilliant. I mean, you get the fast cars, the women, the holidays, the upgrades, the best tables and restaurants, all that is true. Uh, however, you have to remember, it's not really real. I mean, I've become steadily more attractive the more television I've done. Now, you and I know I haven't got any more attractive. I haven't changed either. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I think that, you know, your life, has not since you became voice of God, is no different to the one it was before. You're still the same guy. And so am I. I'm lucky that I only became well-known in my 40s as did Simon Cowell. And we've both had this conversation where it's much easier to deal with. If I'd been 20, starring in these two huge shows in America and Britain... Oh, wow, just think of the fun you could have had. Oh, my God, I do. <laughs> Talk about misspent youth. That would have been one of the great misspent youths of all time. What's been your most embarrassing professional experience? Uh, well, some of the most humiliating stuff comes when I do Britain's Got Talent and Cowell fixes it for me to walk out in front of huge audiences to either a slow hand clap Total silence or chance of who are you? 
That's incredibly humiliating. It must be ghastly. I don't know why you put up with the man. <laughs> you know him quite well, actually. Have you ever been out on the pits with him? Oh, yeah, yeah. My, my 40th birthday in L.A., we went to Robert De Niro's restaurant, Argo, and Simon and I got stuck into the Amaretto, and about four in the morning, we were absolutely rat uh, But he's a good drunk. He's very funny when he's drunk. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, <laughs> he's, he stops being quite so nasty, and he's actually very funny. Have you ever been propositioned by women in America? Because you are something of a pin-up over there. Well, I, I, I took part in Donald Trump's Celebrity Apprentice show, and I won it. And I remember the party afterwards, uh, this very, very attractive blonde lady coming up to me in her mid-twenties and thrusting me a piece of paper, which had a phone number on. That's my first proper groupie, and she just said, take that and call me later. Trust me, I'm no apprentice. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought, was a, as chat up lines go, it was pretty good. As you know, we're talking to the, the students of the UK. Uh, what's your own education background? Did you have a degree or did you leave no, school? No, I was supposed to go to Warwick University, but I didn't actually take up the place. I went to journalism college instead, decided I wanted to get into work earlier. So I went to uh, Harlow College in Essex where I did the NCTJ official journalism course. And uh, I loved it. I was on a course of 56 people, 50 of them were women. Uh, four of the guys went back to London every night. So it was just me and this bloke. Wow. And we had the time of our lives. Do you miss working in papers? Um, I don't really. I did, a lot. I did 20 years in Fleet Street and I was an editor for 11 years and it was pretty relentless, draining stuff. And the nature of the modern media is that newspapers are becoming less important in people's lives. So mm. I don't really miss it. No. Good time to get out, I think, probably. Yeah. Who do you admire and why? Well, even though it galls me to admit it, I do admire Mr. Cal. Um, not least for being the only person in Britain to recognise my potential as a talent show judge. <laughs> Remains something that mystifies most people. Um, so I thank him for that. But also I think the way that he has really taken a very old format, really, the old-fashioned talent show, reinvented it and made it the biggest thing on TV with X Factor and Britain's Got Talent. You, know, you have to admire the way he's done it. And the fact that he's been given people, in a recession in particular, real escapism. You know, you turn into these shows and for an hour... You forget all about your problems and you live and dream the hopes and fears and aspirations of these young people trying to make it in these shows. And I think it's a very aspirational show. I think it reminds people that actually to get on in life, you need to try and have a talent. Piers, thank you very much today for talking to us. My, thank you. And my advice to all students is do what I did, which is work as hard as you can whilst never affecting your drinking schedule. Good advice, if ever I heard one. <laughs> Thank you very much. Take care. Kaboosh! Ring any bells? Thought it would. And Kaboosh and Beach Break Live are running a fantastic competition if you're a student band. So stay listening. Kaboosh! Ah, Ian, do come in. Good day, Peter. Good day, how are you? So, Ian, uh, we're here to talk about... Um, do take a seat, by the way. Do you like the hall? It's, it's glorious. Very, very nice. Yes, we've, we've been here for a few years now in the glorious, rolling English countryside, and the views from upstairs are just to die for. Anyway, enough about my lifestyle. Let's talk about you for a moment. Uh, you're the organiser of um, one of the best small festivals in Britain, aren't you? Yeah, that's right. That's right, Peter. Over the last sort of, three years, we've, um, we've grown a, an event from a few hundred people to this year, 20,000 students converging at the end of their exams for, you know, celebrating their year, celebrating the beginning of summer. 20,000 students in one place. I can only imagine the smell. It's a wonderful sight. It's a wonderful smell as well. Yeah, I hope I'll be downwind of it when I come. Um, so it's called Beach Break Live. Uh, the 2009 festival last June was a great success. 
Well, it was. It was a, it was a brilliant event. We, we ended up winning the, the best small festival at the UK Festival Awards, but we also had one of the most traumatic years, I think, of our life. Why? Well, with about a week to go, in fact, about 100 hours to go, we had to relocate an entire sold-out festival from one side of the country in Cornwall, 350 miles over to Kent. Boom! Well, that can't have been easy. It's not a lot of fun. I wouldn't recommend it. And it went okay. Obviously, you won the award, which is great, and so it all passed off well. It, it nearly killed us in the process, but there was a superhuman kind of almost warlike effort where all of our guys pulled off pulled off a dream, really. Well, well done, you. Thank you. Well, as you know, thousands of students are awaiting the lineup for this year's festival. It's obviously by far the kind of biggest lineup we've had to date. Um, there's a few surprises in store that will be announced even after the main lineup announcements at the beginning of March. Um, but, you know, the last years we've had anyone from Dizzy Rascal to the Zootons, the Wombats, the Enemy, and then big dance acts like Jason Status and Scratch Perverts, DJ Yoda. So it's a really kind of mixed programming, but aimed, you know, just, just right for the students. So if you're a student, it's definitely the festival to go to this year? Without a doubt. OK. Now, it, where can they find out the, the actual lineup? Where will it be publicised? Well, it will be across all of their universities, um, but uh, the best place to go to get the most up-to-date stuff is www.beachbreaklive.com. And how much will it cost this year? Tickets are £89. £89? That's half the price of a normal festival. It's nothing. It's cheap. Um, and, and where's it going to be? It's being held on an eight-mile beach in a, in a hidden sort of gem of a place in Wales called Carmarthenshire. It's stunning. It's probably the most amazing sight I've seen. Kaboo! Interesting, interesting. Also, as you know, Ian, we at Kabooshia are launching a search for a band competition ourselves. We're looking for a, a band, a student band, who we're going to uh, audition, and the winner gets to play live at your festival. I, I'm very pleased that you've offered that to us. Yeah, we're very excited about this, um, and I believe there's a there's a bigger uh, sort of setting for this with a record deal as well. If you'd like to apply for that uh, position, if you'd like to audition, how do they do that? They can see it on Kabusha and also on the Beach Break Live website. Okay, good. Well, get stuck in and get involved, guys. This is your big opportunity not only to get a record deal, but to perform live in front of how many students at the festival? 20,000. So, in many respects, it's not actually your usual festival, is it? It's not just come along and see some music. There's more to it than meets the eye. Yeah, but the, the, the idea behind it was to create a holiday, and that has sort of expanded into uh, into kind of one of the you know bigger festivals now. But it, it still has all of the holiday parts. You know, you're on a beach... We We've even got a ski slope in the middle of the festival. Site. A ski slope? Well, which is a great kind of combination with, with bands and DJs and then ski slopes. But um, surfing, wakeboarding, kite surfing, horse riding on beaches, it's like a, almost like a gap year condensed into a week. As you arrive on the Monday and you leave on the Friday. Fantastic. Ooh. Now, we've given you the, the opportunity to talk to the students on Kabush. Can you give them something back now? Could you perhaps offer a couple of VIP passes, all areas included? Can I twist your arm? Of course you can. I know I'd love to. We, we, would, we could give a, a couple of VIP tickets. Wow. So the students can come backstage and meet the artists and go to the VIP rooms. Um, we can run a competition with Kabush. Nice. There you are, students. Never say I don't look after you. So, uh, you heard it from the man himself, Ian Forshaw, the organiser of Beach Break Live 2010. Thank you very much indeed for coming down to Caboosh Towers and talking to us. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Peter. And good luck. Well, there you have it. Sir Ian Forshaw and Sir Piers Morgan, DFC and Bar. 
Well, that's it for this week. Hope you'll join us again on the next podcast. God knows when it'll be, but it'll be very, very, very interesting indeed. Meanwhile, keep up the studies and don't let it interrupt your drinking schedule. Toodle, Pip! Foster, pour me a large gin and tonic. God, what a day. <laughs> <laughs>